0: The following programme is a repeat of The Farm Show, which airs Thursday nights on KCLR from 7. Brought to you by tierlawnfarmlife.com This is The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you with thanks to tierlawnfarmlife.com
1: You're very welcome to The Farm Show, the first farm show of twenty twenty. For my my tempest fugit, it all just keeps flying away. But uh, delighted you could uh, come and join us tonight and listen to us. We have a, a, a live panel in studio. We'll be joined by the new president of ICMSA, Dennis Drennan of. Uh, this parish, uh, Kilkenny and indeed a Man, and uh, we'll have, be having a chat with him. We're also in studio, we have uh, Michael Fitzgerald of Chegisk who will be bringing us up to speed on all matters advisory and most particularly calf care because there's a very major event coming up next week in Gordon, but uh, more of that anon also tonight we 're going to get a report from Northern Ireland uh, because there 's well I think Richard Halloran of Agriland will have some good news to impart to us, maybe not uh, shockingly new and novel news, but uh, good to here uh, that uh milk prices may well be uh, on a on a on a slow but steady upward trajectory and of course we'll have our livestock uh, reports from Tallow and from Killian Hill all in due course gentlemen Dennis Drennan, Michael uh are both very welcome into studio and perhaps I, I i should be giving you a chance to get your breath uh, Dennis but uh you're very welcome into studio you're already um inaugurated appointed whatever uh, uh, Elected as president of ICMSA for is is a six year term? No, three year term. At three year by two though.
2: Yeah, potentially. Well, yes. yeah, potentially. Like, but I mean, I could get kicked out in three years' time. We'll see how it goes.
1: Ah, yeah. Well, sir, listen. If you're as provocative as I know you to be, that that there's all the potential for that. But uh, the very best of luck in your appointment. And listen, it, 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 this hasn't come suddenly upon you. It's been a steady progression in ICMSA. But let's go back another step because you have a history of community involvement going back to Makra.
2: Yes, yeah, sure. I was. I suppose. I didn't go as far as yourself, Matt, uh, but I was Leinster Vice President many moons ago in Mochra and sat on National Council for years and the Executive of Muckra, and the Ag Affairs Committee. So I've, I've served my time in Muckra, and then I suppose also a hugely involved in leader in Kilkenny as well. So I've just stepped down about six months ago as Chair of Leader after about 12 years in that role. So I've been around the block, I suppose.
1: And you maintain a huge interest and involvement in the whole, whole area of water quality improvement.
2: Yeah, well, look, I suppose I've given the last six years of chair of the the Farm and Rural Affairs Committee in ICMSA, and I suppose I'm also involved in the North Trust, which is, a I suppose, a rivers trust here set up in Kilkenny. I'm on the board of that, like, and uh, we're trying to you know make people appreciate what we have on our doorstep because a lot of people don't realize the heritage that along goes along by the river or the facility that it is or the you know the enjoyment that people can get from rivers like that, and when you look at rivers like that all over Europe they 're treasured and used unbelievably more than they are here in Ireland. And and we'll talk about ICMSA
1: in a moment. I just want to involve Michael. Michael, I'm not putting an age category on you, but when you started out as an advisor, uh, these environmental issues were very much in the background. Now they're 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 front and centre, and it must be difficult to balance, uh, you know, advising in terms of economic well-being of farmers, whilst at the same time acknowledging that there's a huge role and an increasing role for farmers in the whole area of uh,
3: environmental awareness and environmental care. Well, I, I suppose, um uh, one of the job descriptions that Chagas advisors have is that we're, we're agents of change, um, Matt. So, I mean, that's, we, that's, there's constant change happening in, 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 our, in, certainly in the agricultural area. And as you say, the, the environmental issues have come very much to the fore in recent times and are, it's, it's becoming more and more so. So, you we, know, we can't ignore, uh, what's happening there. Dennis has outlined the significance of water quality for the, for the wider population. And I suppose it's up to ourselves, it's up to us then to, just to to continuously bring that message to the forefront with uh, with the, with those involved in agriculture, uh, but it, it it does mean it does mean changes of practice, which which have been happening, and it's 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 just a constant uh, something that we have to uh, we have to work on.
1: To come back to you, Dennis, uh, in your role as president, I'm sure you've set out
2: I- in your own mind, if not on paper, your agenda for the coming three years. Yeah, well I suppose why I'm late coming in the door I'm just back from Limerick now we had an executive meeting this morning and then we had a chairs meeting this afternoon kind of setting out the targets look at the, the goalposts I suppose are moving so fast it's very hard to set a three year target because every year there's new rules new regulations new targets you know new aspirations I every suppose. week every I week just just nearly just like yeah well I was being nice <laughs> I don't want to frighten it's your first show back I don't want to frighten everybody off that there'll be changing channels but uh yeah look at it. it's, it's the, the, the pace of change is frightening Uh you know it's very hard for anybody to plan I mean if you take the, the cycle of a cow we'll say putting a heifer on the ground that's milking this February that process or planning started probably three years ago by choosing the correct bulls or uh, and that sort of thing, getting your cow and calf, putting a heifer on the ground and, and getting her to this stage that she's ready to join your herd. And, I mean, it's very hard for anybody to plan when things are changing so fast yet the cycle of what type of cow you want or how many cows you want or how you're going to farm or whether you want her to be milking under 6,300 litres or over 6,300 litres and the effect that that has on your business so it's very hard for farmers to plan from year to year with the goalpost changing. so I suppose look at there's a number of major issues that are there at the moment, environment is certainly one of them the milk price versus the cost of production is is hugely as significant at the moment as well because the margin is just not there and I mean that has to be first and foremost because if we're being asked to change our practices and build this and do that and change this and change that and get nutrient management plans and all this in place they all cost money and without the margin there it's not possible.
1: Yeah, and it it it, it relates to, to to the question I asked Michael about this balance between managing and guarding the economic well being of farmers, whilst at the same time acknowledging their their wider role. But you know, if you take your eye off of the ball, you don't win
2: the game. Dennis. Oh, sorry. Absolutely. Like, I mean, yeah. Look, what I mean, the challenges that are there. We we, we have to, I suppose, um, acknowledge that we're going to be part of the solution. Um, but as I said you know you have to be economically viable to be environmentally sustainable like there's three legs on the stool like it's environmental social uh, and financial and I mean they all have to be looked after and if the financial bit is not there it's very hard to make the changes that are being asked of you so you know and everybody has you know the amount of issues that are coming up even the whole VAT refund thing now is really you know been pulling the pulling legs out from under people at the moment. A lot of people have made significant investment, have secured finance for it on the basis that they were going to get maybe a TAMS grant and the VAT back and now they find they're going back to their banks to renegotiate because the VAT on a lot of things have been deemed ineligible which is crazy now. It's something we're working very hard on at the moment but you know that's the sort of uncertainty that people are trying to plan in.
1: Yeah, and of course you ha- you've, you've, you've had, a, as I mentioned earlier, a long involvement, but in ICMSA you've been Deputy President uh, laterally, you were Chairman of the various committees, so you're able to hit the ground running, you know the faces and the people in government and politics and so on, so that has to be a benefit, a, 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 that has to be of value to you.
2: Yeah, well, I suppose I, I was on the Dairy Committee for six years in ICMSA and then I moved over and became chair of the Farm and Rural Affairs Committee and I've been on the executive for the last eight years as well. So, you know, I've been to a lot of meetings, you get to know a lot of faces, but I suppose like every other department at the moment, a lot of faces are changing very rapidly. And what you were talking to somebody about TAMS this week, they're talking about car for next week and, you know, people are moving and shaking. But yeah, it's a huge help that... um I've got I suppose a reasonably good relationship with an awful lot of people within the department and you know when you're trying to have a frank discussion with people at least if you have a relationship and you've had that cup of tea or cup of coffee with them before and built up a rapport with them it does make things easier that's, that's certainly like, and you know the faces; you're not hitting the ground completely blind you can hit the ground running you know who's who you know how they work you know how they operate you have that relationship and it does definitely make things easier
1: I'm not going to ask this question of you Dennis but I'll, I'll, I'll put it to Michael instead if he doesn't mind Michael you'd have if not first hand knowledge second hand knowledge certainly and and, and an intimate knowledge at that of the kind of sacrifices the kind of time that has to be committed to voluntary leaders people in farm organisations your own father back in the day was a a chairman of, of the IFA Livestock Committee
3: uh, but sure, that, that goes without saying, um, Matt, and, and if we don't have, if we don't have leaders and people who are willing to do that, well, then the whole, the whole sector, um, whole sector suffers. Uh, I mean, Dennis has outlined the amount of, you know, the various posts that he has held and, 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 and uh, the, the commitment that is involved. And, and we've seen, you know, just, in, just before Christmas, there are new leaders, Dennis in ICMSA and, and new leaders in, in IC, I, IFA as well. And it brings it to the forefront, the elections, you know, what's, uh, what's involved. Uh, in that and, and the type of the people that are out there to 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 take up those roles uh, and it's essential but i suppose that the time involved in doing that is huge um i, I mean we, we would it's supposed to be noticeable there the attendances at meetings and that is is is, is, is an issue with uh, farmers are just so so much time involved in just keeping their own uh, operations going um, I suppose we, we would find too that people discussion groups and that have probably have probably taken up uh, where people go off farm to, to discuss things it's discussion groups' it's probably something something that has come more into, into play uh, in the years compared to the the voluntary uh, organisations. I mean, that comment has been made to me now a few times that, that, that that's uh, the the role that they have in, in, in the farmers being able to talk to each other uh, outside the farm gate. Dennis...
1: Soft words but are no parsnips uh, and I heard an awful lot of soft words spoken by at least three politicians three national politicians down at the ICMSA AGM and all very nice to farmers and the great work they're
2: doing and praise and so on and so forth how much does that mean? Uh, very little, I think, Matt. And I think everybody is pointing at farmers. And every time you look at something on the, on the television about climate change or water quality or environmental issues, there's, is, is often a herd of cows are the first things that appear. And, uh, you have an awful lot of politicians that come out and talk about just transition and how we're going to be helped to change over and that we've alternative source of income and all these sort of great promises are made. But I have yet to have a politician announce what the budget for just transition is. And that's where the problem is. It's great to have talk, but when, when it comes to putting money where your talk is, um, a lot of people are left lacking.
4: Well, on, the,
1: on that money question then, I'll put this to you straight. Are the farm organisations, and I'm, I'm not differentiating between any of them, you can make your own case for ICMSA, are they to some extent facing in the wrong direction in terms of say th- this idea of a, a a suckler cull was mooted and strenuously opposed <coughs> ditto uh, the idea of a dairy cull uh, strongly opposed and now we're softly softly facing the same disruption and probably decimation of, of, of the herd through um, nitrates or uh, banding or whatever is there a case to be made listen I, as a farmer, I established my herd under the rules existing at the time. I'm perfectly entitled to continue down that road because that, if it was right then, it's right now. And if you really want me to change direction, if you really want me to diminish my economic well-being,
2: pay for it. Well, it's a point we'd make, madam. If you look at even the environmental schemes, I mean, my own father, Lord Mercian, was involved in reps 30, 30 years ago and the 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 average payment for a farmer in reps thirty years ago is about five thousand pounds. Now we have an acre scheme with the average payment of about five thousand euros. So like if we told any any department official that they were going to get paid now in euros, the equivalent of what they were paid in pounds thirty years ago, and where's the buying power of that money? So if the government are serious about they want. To, ch- to turn us the ship around and they when when the economic crash came in the noughties they said dairy and farming was a huge important indigenous industry the most important indigenous industry in the country and it was the one that was going to drive on and get us out of the toll that we were in the trouble that we were in with the financial problems that we have they told us to drive on now they're telling us to turn the whole thing back around and oh no we didn't see the consequences of that but they've left the farmer hanging at the moment but I think if if the government are serious and and like we've a load of ministers, they're talking about different things and different alternative options for farmers, like we have an organic se- sector that's been funded nearly better than any other department in the Department of Agriculture at the moment. Yet, when you ask where are the markets for this product, the people... I sat in an organic uh, strategy group that Andrew Doyle set up about five years ago and we went to back west once a month for about two years and in the end we discovered from the people that were already in the organics that there wasn't room for any more that the people there weren't able to survive. Uh, We had a carton from Denmark over at our National Council meeting back in October uh, he's an organic dairy farmer in Denmark, and he's gone broke because the consumer is not willing to pay the extra cost of producing organic milk. So everybody talks about alternatives, but where's where, where's the income for the family farm who 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 are who who we, we we represent? You're suggesting I, I I I won't go down the organic
1: road any further than this than 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 <coughs> suggesting that for the major part. Uh it's a matter of chasing the, the, the money from Brussels or the money from the government
2: more so than chasing a commercially viable market. Well, the people that sat around the table at that organic strategy group said that they could not survive without the subsidies that were coming there. That The market could not support organic farmers.
1: Yeah, it's an unfortunate fact, Michael Fitzgerald, that, and, and I, I won't ask you to go into the pros and cons of it because you're an advisor and you have a role to play that an awful lot of farmers are spending increasing amounts of time running and chasing the monies from schemes because in the background, the commercial viability of a lot of what they do is shaky Betimes,
3: Yeah, but I suppose that applies certainly in, in, in dry stock and tillage sectors, uh, dry stock especially, Matt, in, in the dairy sector, which I'm uh, working with, it's, it's less and less. So, I mean, the, the, the argument from a lot of farmers would be that, the, um, I suppose, the... Checks in the post that they're getting are, 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 as a percentage of their turnover is becoming, um, less and less. Now that doesn't diminish the, the, what they have to do in terms of, um, environmental standards and keeping up with regulations and so, but, uh, I suppose that, you know, the dairy sector in particular, like, is very commercially, commercially driven and, and, um, The 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 nature of the schemes is not as big, but certainly in in the dry stock sector, and um, we've noticed it in in our organisation. Like there's just huge pressure there on for people to try and get as much money as they can, and from schemes
1: yeah and just before we go to the ad break uh, Dennis th- th- there 's so many things that annoy farmers legitimately I have to say it 's easy to get annoyed because there 's constant criticism but then there 's the introduction of changes midstream and we 've already discussed this in in another sphere, but the icbf change in the in, in, the, in the ratings in the scoring is a case in point, and an awful lot of people upset like they went down a certain track and now they find that they have to significantly deviate.
2: It's, it's 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 unbelievably frustrating that somebody goes out and and buys will say their five star bull, and they think they're abiding by all the rules of the scheme, and then the latest rating comes out and that bull has suddenly become a three star bull. I mean. Surely there has to be, you know, the person has acted in good faith, done the right thing, done what was asked of them, maybe paid over the odds or, you know, above the odds for, for the bull that they thought was going to qualify them for the scheme, do the right thing, and all of a sudden the rug was pulled out from under them because of some change. Like, no other sector would tolerate that. Like So you can understand the frustration of those farmers when those things happen.
1: We'll continue our conversation after the ad break.
0: The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by com. There's
1: a song called It's Raining Men, but it's going to be raining calves in a few weeks' time. Uh, Michael Fitzgerald, you're you're, you're properly girded up for the event because you're running a series of uh, farm uh, demos across the country and the one in Kilkenny happening down in Gordon next
3: week. Yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday morning next, Tuesday morning the 9th, uh, Matt, so uh, on the farm of uh, the, the Farrell, uh, fam, Farrell family farm in, in Gordon, just between Podstown and Gordon, so that's uh, Paul, Jeremy and Nicola there. So the calf, the the event has been organised by both uh, Animal Health Ireland and and ourselves. So I suppose um, you know, in a few weeks' time, people will be very busy at calving. So we're trying to the opportunity is now to maybe just do a little bit of thinking and planning just before before things start. I know a few people on the phone the last few days and sort of saying to me, "Well, sure, maybe we had issues last year with with." Health, health issues or whatever and this is an opportunity just to maybe just do go and get a, get an opinion from some of the veterinary experts that will be there and just maybe plan ahead and, and and think ahead about what they're going to do for and when, when things get very busy in two or three weeks' time.
1: I, I call it a refresher course because they're, they're a regular thing but they are necessary nonetheless to
3: build up the enthusiasm and the, and, and, and the knowledge again. Yeah, that, that's it. The refresher course is, a, is a good description of it, um, description of it. But just to give you a line up on, on the, on the speakers there, just on the veterinary side with two well-known vets, uh, uh, Yaris Summers they're working with, uh, with Tierlon and Charles Chavasse, who is well-known, works with, with Zoetis and, uh, well-known to a lot of farmers in the area. So they're there are two veterinary experts, uh, and that's ourselves and two Chagas speakers, then Gordon Pepper dealing with the whole, um, the, the dairy beef calf and, and the values that are coming, with those this year and Nigel Kennington as well just on general calf management Uh, I suppose just to highlight just the the whole, um, this is the first year we're going to see this, um, the CBV values printed on, on, uh, on mark boards this year when calves come in. I don't know how many of these, what percentage of calves are going to have these when they come in, but it's, it's an attempt there to sort of evaluate the potential, the beef potential of a, of a calf. Uh, and this is something that uh, will be explained on the day and it's a, it's a concept that we're going to hear, hear more about. Uh, so that's, that's, I suppose something, something new there.
1: Yeah, and, uh, it's, it's, it's happening at a good time in the morning. The, the, the general work will be done and,
3: what, 11 a.m., isn't it? 11 a.m., yeah. Yeah, and what, a couple of hours? Uh, well, 11, 11 till 1 approximately, before stands, so that it you know, it should be fairly relaxed in terms of getting around there on the different stands, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's not a one size or a one recipe fits all in terms of rearing calves, because so many people, you know, some feed fresh milk buckets, um, larger containers, automated systems. There is no best way.
3: No, I mean, I mean, the calf feeders have certainly become very, very popular in recent years, and they are a major uh, labour-saving um, device. Uh, but, as, but there are issues too, with regard to management calves on these. So again, this this that'll be that'll come up as a topic, I know, on on, a, on the morning. So the, this whole day is about uh, looking at it from the calf point of view for the the calf being born on the dairy farm and uh, presenting it for sale. Then subsequently, now just in, a, in just to, just to bring you up on something, we're doing a webinar on the sixteenth of January, looking at it from the point of view of the farm buying the buying the calves so that will we'll be we'll, we'll be plugging that in, in in maybe in a fortnight's time but uh, at, at the moment we got to get the calves on the ground and then it's a question of the, the people who are buying them and who's going to buy them and what they what they're going to what they're going to do
1: you don't mind me asking
2: you a, 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 a well personal question Dennis how do you manage your calves how oh, I manage my calves they're all uh, reared on the farm and I have a local farmer that buys them all off me then uh, we have a long go- longstanding relationship that he's happy with the calves I'm producing and we, we come to an agreement, on financial agreement, that we're both happy with. And I present the calves the way he wants them done with vaccinations and etc., uh, etc. Et and uh, he's happy to be buying a healthy calf.
1: Does he uh, buy them younger than weaned or what stage do you let the
2: surpluses go? Uh, various stages now, depending on his situation as regards work. So uh, generally I'd have him weaned and ready to go. And, uh, you know... We, we,
1: difficult challenge for farmers particularly in latter years to um to have the right calf for sale you know in terms of that beef cross maybe or uh, certainly not too dairy a
2: type if it's going to be for sale to a to a, a beef finisher. Well I suppose look at the whole calf situation is coming under pressure as regards you know exports and slaughter and all that we won't go down that rabbit hole but I think what we would have been saying to any of our members or any of the meetings that we've attended in the last number of years that before you inseminate the cow to have a consideration that if, the, if this cow drops a bull calf in the springtime have you a home for that bull calf and is that calf fit for purpose so I think people need to start considering you know not, not when the calf is on the ground but before the, the, the cow is inseminated or a bull is let loose with the cows like the calf that's going to be dropped on the ground if it's a male calf is it fit for purpose and do you have a home for it and I think that if people maybe may have to compromise a bit on the milk side of the animal but um, you know the compromise may have to be made that they produce an animal that's fit for purpose There was rumour and uh, talk about the calf expert
1: group meeting in the week coming up to Christmas which would have explored at least or dictated perhaps extended uh, uh, stay on farms before they could be transported or sold even locally Not to talk of uh, exported out of the country Uh, that hasn't come to pass as
2: of yet but I'm sure I see MSA keeping a weather eye on that. Absolutely. Well, I suppose the first thing is, I suppose, where anybody has a, an agreement, I don't like talking about personal situation would you ask me, but where anybody has an agreement between farm to farm, there shouldn't be any restriction more than what's there at the moment, because if, if you have two people that are working together and they're happy with the relationship, we don't need to, to put hardship on either side of that agreement if they're happy. Um, but yeah, it's certainly looking like some of the, some of the criteria that they are looking at are going to put serious pressure on getting the calves to a veal unit in Europe on time. Like, if there's a 28 day age limit put on a calf to go through a mart or to be sold through an exporter, like, you know, the, the, the veal units want the calves before they're 32 to 35 days old. So, I mean, if there's a weather event then that you've a wet, a stormy week or something, it's going to put serious pressure on the whole system. So I think, look, what, there needs to be consideration on both sides that if the, if the calf is healthy and well and fit to travel at a, you know, whatever age that is or whatever weight that is, you know, we need to, we need to, we're an island nation. We have a market that's very, very keen on getting those calves because we've met them over there and they say a lot of the calves coming from Ireland arrive, actually nearly all the calves coming from Ireland arrive healthier than calves from coming from a couple of hours up the road so the consumer is always king and if the consumer was happy with the product uh, that's, what, that's what we should be continuing to supply with healthy well calves arriving in Europe
1: The last thing that farmers would need Michael Fitzgerald would be a sudden decision to extend the stay of of calves that are ultimately to be sold from farms, that, to extend that stay on farms. It, it would be another case of you're going down a certain path, you have certain infrastructure set up, calf housing, labour availability, so on and so forth. And if that were to happen, that uh, in two weeks' time a decision was made, you have to hold on to them for another three weeks. Absolutely unfair. It, now, and I'm not speculating that that will happen, but if, if it were to happen, there should be a very long lead in time to al- at least allow farmers the opportunity to build the necessary infrastructure and, and uh, source the, the necessary labour, and indeed to be supported in, in doing something new that they weren't
3: uh, uh, coerced into doing previously. Yeah, well, certainly, Matt. I and mean, we'd hope that, that we're not going to get some sort of a sudden announcement uh, on that in, in in the coming weeks. I mean, as things stand, that the regulations are the, are there. That the only, the, only made, the major change in regulation from last year, which has been pretty well flagged, is the the fact that that cows under eight weeks of age cannot be cannot be slaughtered. Uh, but that you know the, everybody was told about that last year uh, when when making their breeding decisions. So hopefully that that won't become a big issue. Everything else regarding movement between farms, which is from ten days onwards, or for Export 15 days onwards, uh, uh you know, that that's as, as of now, that's the same as last year. So, I suppose we, we don't want to see any sudden uh, transition on that because I suppose the way the way the calf thing so many farmers have got very good at, at calving down with you know, tight calving intervals, 70 80 percent plus of, the, of their cows calving in, in a six week period, and and that and then the knock on effect that has on, on 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 calving or on rare on calf, calf rearing facilities. So, uh we certainly don't want to see any, any major, um, changes there. I suppose it's also noticeable that, you know, farmers are making move. Farmers are, they realise the way the wind is blowing on this one. And, and we are seeing farmers inquiring about building specialised calf houses and that sort of thing where they're needed. You know, we all know that they need, you need, you need good facilities for calves and lots of farms. There's, there's room for improvement. But that's, there's a slow process there. There's planning permission, getting, getting grants and so on. Uh, and, but, but there is movement in, in that direction.
1: Let's look at a, a few positives, uh, in the time we have available, Dennis. Uh, milk prices, and um, I'll, I'll be talking to Richard Halloran, uh, from Agriland later, but milk prices look to be reasonably positively disposed to increase. We'll put it as, as mildly as that. You've also got other longer term, um, issues that this grass-fed beef has some potential in the longer term to uh, differentiate Irish beef from from the vast commodity across the globe. Yeah, Just those two
2: for starters. Well, I suppose milk prices is always the, a huge one, like and like it has gained significant traction over the last number of weeks with the Dutch dairy quotes. I suppose butter skim milk powder returning around forty four cents liter, and the same for whole milk powder. So there is certainly room at and uh, prices for for the co-ops to, to start moving towards um, that level anyway. And same with the global dairy trade, like about six at last seven global area trades have been positive some of them with big jumps some not so big but look at all the sentiment is going in the right direction so the trajectory is right and certainly it's 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 every penny every cent is going to be needed at farm level because the cost structure hasn't returned to where it was pre the invasion of ukraine so we certainly need to see a lift in prices
1: yeah because the 32 or 3 cent base price Really, if you were to take the, the the cost increases, the production cost increases into account, it's it's no more than twenty three or four cents, oh, yeah, it's well, ten
2: cents less. Well, if you look at where Chagas are, are saying the cost of production was for twenty twenty three, they're they're at thirty seven cent a liter. So I mean, and nothing has really moved significantly since then. Maybe feed has come down slightly, but electricity, diesel, contracting charges, fertilizer, none of them have really moved since last year. Uh, so, do you know like 35 cent a liter at the moment base price is is not much good to anybody it's 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 like as you say it's like the 22 or 3 of of 10 years ago because just the the cost is the problem farmers live on the margins between the cost and the price and that differential is probably negative at the moment for for farmers could we build, uh, as, as a final comment, could we build on this food regulator? Uh, has, does it have potential or will it be another toothless wonder? Well, the first test has come out now. Aldi have slashed food prices in their stores. And uh, we've put it straight up to the new food regulator. Proved to us that Aldi are going to take the hit and not the farmer, not the primary producer. So that's the first test. We'll know however long it's going to take them to report on that, but we've called for them to have a look at this and make sure that the farmer is not the one going to be left carrying the can as usual.
1: Michael, last word to you. Um, I mentioned that grass-fed beef. Does it have potential, do you think?
3: the production here in this country is is essentially based on that, which is quite distinct from 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 other countries. Uh, I, you know, I, I can't put sort of any major figures on 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 the on the, the benefits to us, but uh, I suppose in, in the in the context of when we use words like sustainability and and environmentally friendly farming, it, it has to be the way the way to go. Um, it's, it's it's just I suppose it's a given where from 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 where we're at, Yeah.
1: And listen, we may meet again at that um, Farrell Farm on the Polstone Road outside of Gordon next Tuesday, 11am, mm-hmm. for calf rearing. Dennis, Michael, thank you very much for joining us in studio this evening. The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt
0: O'Keefe. Brought to you by Ah,
1: Richard Halloran of Agriland and other uh, outlets on the
5: line. Richard, Happy New Year. And to you, Matt, and to everyone. Good, good to hear your voice.
1: Listen, be, before I get distracted, I've been heralding that you will be the herald of good news uh, in regard to milk prices. Uh, they are on an upward trajectory, are they?
5: Yeah, well we saw um, milk prices uh, increase what in, the nor- in, in Northern Ireland by two pence per litre there before Christmas. What does that work out at? 2.3, 2.4 cent. And the, the, the chat that I'm hearing at the moment is that we're looking at a a Slow but sustained rise in prices right through certainly until the autumn of 2024, and we could be looking at by that stage 36 pence sterling, that's going to take us well into 40 plus cent. Um, yeah. and, so and and and, and, we and badly
1: thinking. and badly needed with the cost structure that we were oh, discussing true. here earlier in the studio,
5: yeah, truly badly needed. I know dairy farmers had a great year in 2022, but I'll tell you, and you know yourself, I mean, you milk cows yourself. I mean the weather the bad prices the input costs all of the madness of 2023 took a lot out of every dairy farming business that i would be aware of and to the extent that i i i was chatting to um one of the top accountants up in this part of the world and he was telling me that one-third of their uh, farmer client base at the moment now that would be across dairy and other sectors I mean, they're going to the banks at the moment looking to get the overdraft lifted significantly, simply on the basis of the weather and the madness it was 2023. So, yeah, uh, any uplift in milk price will be uh, very, very warmly welcomed.
1: Yeah, And speaking of the weather of uh, 2023, significant reduction in... Uh, silage stocks uh, and a lot of it fed far earlier than would have been anticipated, resulting, I think, particularly in your part of the of the island, in um, real worry that if there's a prolonged winter, there'll be a shortage.
5: Yeah, it's, it's it's looking that way at the moment. If you take a line between Dublin and Galway, north of there, I mean, you're talking about um, you know on an average year a six month winter. Um, mm-hmm. Now, most farmers will go out, they know the sizes of their uh, they know the specifications of their, their silos, so they, if they're looking at a full silo in a normal year, they, they'll have an idea as to what tonnage of, of forage they have in there, but we're, I think we're, a lot of guys have miscalculated or undercalculated uh, this winter has been the fact that a lot of the, the forages went in with very low dry matters relative to a normal year, so the dry matters are not there, and they're now finding that they're going through these silos a lot quicker than they would have initially expected, and I've had one or two guys, you know, since you know, the turn of the year, saying to me, uh, "This better be an early spring because we're going to be looking at the back wall of silos here, well before the end of March." Some some of these guys, um, you know, we're going to be talking end of February. I mean, it's yeah. So, and you've got that issue along with the fact that uh, when you look at the silage analysis figures. That, 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 that I've seen, I mean, they're well down year on year, twenty twenty three versus other years. So yeah, it's an issue that now that's fast uh, coming at guys um, in terms of the, the 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 significance of it all. Yeah,
1: yeah, and particularly issue, in sorry, the context. I'm just
5: make yes, yes. I'm uh, just make another point to all of this. Um, one of the other issues that links to this is the fact that TB. Um, uh, infection levels have risen year on year quite significantly in northern ireland um, and if you're caught now uh, with the restriction notice there, you need then the two clear tests so you're talking minimum of four months restriction uh, and that's bringing real headaches now for quite significant numbers of farmers uh, so you need you know, you need just more facilities, more sheds to keep the to keep the stock that you cannot sell, that you would normally sell. More silage, more meat. I mean, it's it's got increased cost, stress written all over it, and it is the I suppose it's the silent, hidden. Um, you know, it's just there with people, and it really is impacting on family farms that 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 that, that are. Having a problem with TB at the moment, more so than ever I can remember in in my lifetime.
1: Yeah, very worrying development, and we've seen increased rates here in the southern end of the country as well. And uh, uh, not only, of course, uh, does it mean increased costs and more pressure on facilities, but that all important cash flow seriously impacted if you can't sell stock.
5: Absolutely, and it comes back to the point I made there a second or two ago. Uh, there is very strong evidence that uh, farmers across the board are now going to the banks to get the overdrafts looked at or ways and means found of uh, boosting the cash flow into the business, you know, the fluidity uh, into the business so just to, to allow them to survive. And that, that's the fundamental here.
1: Yeah, I I recollect uh, saying to Pat O'Toole at the last program of the year that uh, 2023, uh, a year to forget, and as he said, it won't be easily forgotten. And particularly in the tillage sector and the wider implications of the fact that you have far less uh, straw available and far less quality straw, and uh, that goes back to your issue with uh, low fodder
5: stocks. Absolutely, yeah, it's another factor. Um, if the straw's not there, you're can, you know, you're, you're going to have an issue uh, from a bedding perspective. And obviously, a lot of dairy farmers uh, with winter calving, th- those freshly calved cows, want to put straw into the diet just to keep the rumen right. Uh, and it's not available. And the straw that is available, as you made the point yourself, wouldn't be of the quality that you would expect from, um, from, from previous years. So, yeah, look, there are lots of challenges out there. Uh, my view is, uh, I, I try to be optimistic, uh, we're into a new year, as I said at the outset, we're seeing that lift the milk price. Beef price is good at the moment. Uh, so it's not all gloom and doom by any means. Yeah,
1: and uh, just looking at the political scene uh, for a moment, and we, we won't go into the fact that Starman is still suspended for whatever reasons, but Brexit, there's a few more... Um, <laughs> Legislative points to be made by the end of the month, which will embed it uh, fully. But ultimately, Northern Ireland isn't in a bad place. It has the best of both worlds, uh, still access to the Stingle market and still unfettered access uh, to the UK market.
5: Well, that is correct. I mean, that, that was always the point um, made by certainly, uh, if not the farming lobby groups up here, certainly the, the agri food processors up here. And that's what they want. They, 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 make, they make that point very clear. I mean, it's access to both markets uh, in an unfettered way. Um, and that's not going to change. I think the detail surrounding the, um, uh, the, the evolution of standards, production standards, um, Ireland versus Northern Ireland, uh, or sorry, Republic of Ireland versus Northern Ireland, the island of Ireland versus the UK, I think that's an issue. You might want to keep an eye on as we as we move down, you know, uh, as we move along into the uh, into the post Brexit era. But I think, from Northern Ireland's perspective, from an agri-food perspective, um, the Brexit deal offers many many advantages.
1: Listen, I, I had intended chatting to you about the uh, ever imminent UK general election, but uh, we'll come back to that before it actually happens. Richard, again, I wish you a happy New Year and thank you for joining
5: us this evening. Absolute pleasure. Take care
1: now. All the very best. Good luck to you. Now let's uh, rush over to Tullo and hear Eric Driver's first sheep report of the year.
0: A very happy new year to one and all here and we're back and going here in Tullamart on this the second day of January 2024. Trade has opened up to a good positive trade here for those well-fleshed lambs here the hoggets as we call them now here today. And the top trade there to call today of 164 so far. And they've been 55 kilos making 164. Over then to looking at the prices there. Those 48 to 53, 54 kilos there. And a good number of wild flesh sheep out here today. They're selling in the region there from 149 up to 156 and 7 in the majority. While oh, you would see the lighter flesh lambs here then, those 46, 47, 48 kilos. They're selling there from the mid 140s up to 152 and 3. Over then to the store trade here, Good Lively Store Trade. The lightest stores they're offering today have been 30, 32 kilos, and they're selling there from 97 and 8 up to 110 and 15 euro there, differential in type which is causing a differential in the price. While you would see the forward stores then them 37 to 41, 42 kilos. They're selling anything in the region there from 115 up to 124 and five with the high 40, mid 40 kilos there pushing up to 130. Cash show trade, good lively trade again. Uh, we possibly have seen the deep, the darkest days of the cash yo trade behind us now with those good fit yos. They're selling from 140 to 170 a kilo. The heavy yos pushing up close to two euros, 180, 185 there and some instances, a kilo there, and a heavy o classified being over ninety kilos, and with some in lamios there, aged yos carrying one point five lambs selling there from one fifty up to two twenty. And just to remind everyone of our cattle sale on Friday, we have a special sale on Saturday the thirteenth, Saturday the thirteenth of January, with five hundred in lamios at one o'clock, and that's on Saturday the thirteenth of January. Thank you. The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by tierlawnfarmlife.com KCLR Mart Report. Sponsored by Kilkenny
3: Livestock Mart. Serving the farming community for over 60 years.
1: Yes, indeed, and uh, the first of everything uh, now on the fourth of uh, January, the first livestock report from George Candler. Take yes, it away, George. Indeed,
4: Matt, and uh, Happy New Year to yourself and Martin, and to all our listeners. Yes, uh, and if you were in Kilkenny today, you'd have a smile in your face if you had a cattle to sell. First sale in Kilkenny Mart uh, would be best described as sizzling, with a small number of cattle uh, being chased by a large number of buyers. And the problem was that we ran out of uh, we ran out of cattle rather than potential buyers. Buyers uh, who were unable to skewer the cattle they were looking for. Uh, so uh, the price in the six hundred kilo plus at here, two forty to three thirty per kilo. Three thirty per kilo uh, for bullocks there, two shodes, six forty three twenty one hundred. 2100 uh, so all in all a very good trade all round two forty to three thirty per kilo or fourteen hundred euro to twenty one hundred euro per head. Five to six hundred kilo bullock from two eleven to three ten per kilo, that's twelve twenty to nineteen twenty per head. 4 to 500 kilo bullock from 195 to 280 per kilo. That's 810 uh, to 1360 per head. Under 400 kilo. Not as good a quality cattle in this sector, but still, they range from 180 to 280 per kilo. That's 650 to 950 per head. Cull cows will be on Tuesday next, and thus I, I won't report about those, but that's next Tuesday, the 9th of January. Cull cows. If you have them, please enter from tomorrow, Friday, or Monday. Uh, in the beef heifers, a very good trade 260 to 310 per kilo 1720 to 2070 per head four stores from 240 to 313 per kilo 1050 to 1620 per head with a lighter type from 215 to 280 per kilo 550 to 900 per head and i can't say this every week matt but no animal went home unsold today
1: that's definitely a good sign, and ultimately confidence is increasing in the whole cattle beef sector because prices are rising and uh, hugely necessary.
4: And it was an interesting Frisian cattle today, Matt you know, those those freezing cattle which at one time were the lesser lights uh, I saw freezing cattle today, the bulk of those good ones, 240 to 260 per kilo, great money indeed and as I said, to containers then you're talking about 280 to 320, 330 per kilo and uh, definitely want out there for cattle because what's happened is a lot of people kill cattle, now they're trying to fill the sheds with replacements the feedlots are operating so it's, it's, it's a storm uh, but a storm that is uh, beneficial to the farmer, producing so if you have beef cattle, don't be afraid to try to ring with them, even to ring a, for, a few lots out and compare to what you sold in the factory. You be you might be pleasantly surprised. Just a, a quick synopsis for next week: Monday's sheep sale, and by the way, numbers of sheep in Kilkenny Mart sold were up three thousand head, which is unusual because our sheep sale wouldn't be uh, as big as Thello's but still a very good trade for quality uh, quality lambs in Kilkenny, and thus I think that rise came about three thousand head on last year. Uh, Tuesday, we have a cow sale, weaning sale, runner sale and cows. So if there's any cow sale, bring them along on Tuesday with the cull cow sale. Our next dairy sale will be the 15th of January. Now, there's a lot of people contemplating that. And, and with nitra is the next director, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, Matt. A lot of people wondering whether they're going to reduce their herd or whatever it is. If you are have a significant amount of cows to sell, please let us know. Because you can't just pop up and tell us I'm bringing in uh, 80 cows next week or 70 cows next week. It, it takes a bit of preparation so if you have cows to sell please let us know we have the customers we have a big bank of customers but we want to have uh, uh, time to to, uh, to get in touch with them and to prepare a catalogue etc I want to say a big thanks to the farmers who supported our um, not only the hamper appeal which, which went very very well thank you very very much 33,000 was raised by that and other other issues but um, uh, on the farm show itself it was very very successful and also the, the fundraiser we had here for home care team and for the Carla Kilkenny uh, home care team and the Uh, Kushnor. uh that raised an excess of 15,000 and it was at a, a woods gift had a special run out there a tractor run plus uh, a mini auction etc and they generated great money again for Kushnor. so there's great uh, uh, community effort out there Matt and I, I think this country would be in a bad way without our volunteers out there and the people who look after the community raising funds for very, very worthy causes.
1: Yeah, and uh, I don't think you'd say it yourself but uh, I want to acknowledge it here that uh, your personal engagement and commitment to helping all these causes is noted and appreciated.
4: As I said, I'm only, I'm only, I'm only the mouthpiece.
1: Nonetheless, <laughs> it, 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 should be said. Just briefly, George, it strikes me and we should reflect for a moment on, on where we're going in terms of the cattle trade into 2024. The prime beef, the wean, the, 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 the suckler offspring and the weanlings, uh, would suggest that, you know, that's being appreciated. Good prices to be gotten. They're the prime cattle. But I think in general, the beef potential of the calves coming off the dairy herds improving the whole time.
4: There's a far greater appreciation that everyone has to pull their weight. Improving, Martin, but as I said, a, a cow, a dairy cow is there to produce milk. Uh, maybe if you're talking about the British Friesian, she definitely has a, has a has an input into producing a good calf. A uh, holstein influence animal has its problems. Uh, that That is relative enough. And of course, if you see an animal with GAX on the board, that is a discount immediately. So all these things have to be looked into relevant uh, Wise, and I know that people are producing the uh, the dairy calf out there, but like. Confirmation has to be there, Matt. And if they're not confirming, as I said, the best out of a dairy herd at the moment, I would, I, I would suggest that uh, out of a British cow, uh, British region cow, you see the difference straight away. You know, sort of. Off the, Aye, off and the there's potential
1: yeah. though across the board in yeah. terms of Angus and Limousin crosses of there are. and Herford yes, crosses. Yes,
4: yes, yes, indeed. And uh, as I said, and and maybe at, 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 at one stage it was just immaterial what what bull they gave. Once they ran any sort of bull with a with a dairy herd, they didn't really mind. Once they get a calf and go from there because the milk was more important but now in the present climate Matt I think the people should examine uh, the, the, the bull that, are, that they are putting on the cows uh, our heifers as I said that that will produce a decent animal I heard of a man down in the country and he, he, he contacted someone and said uh, I want a few old, old bulls just to run you know like that is not management properly you know, that's not managing your herd properly. OK, you are getting a calf, you are getting the, cows, uh, the, the cow in calf and, and milking eventually. But, but please, please, please be more prudent in what bull, uh, be that AI. And there's so many choices out there or, or natural, uh, natural birth there on natural bulls. Uh, be careful what you put on your cows. Good advice to start
1: the year with, uh, and thank you very much, George. Uh, Next week, we we, this week we spoke to the uh, new president of the ICMSA. Next week, we'll engage with the soon-to-be-elected, early next week, president of IFA, Francie Garman, from Neighbouring Leash. So that's all to look forward to. And uh, before I go, my thanks to Martin, who produced and engineered, and to wish you all a very, very happy New Year. Farm well, farm safely, good night and goodbye.
0: The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by tierlawnfarmlife.com.